Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Folks, this UFO story just, just keeps getting weirder. And I'm, I'm probably asking the question you are right now. Are they about to tell us something? I, I got a ton, and I mean a ton, of viewer feedback yesterday and listener feedback in my email account and on social media about the segment we did covering 60 Minutes. Really explosive, and I'm, I don't think that's overselling its story on UFOs. And I said to folks, hey, listen, there's only one of two options. Please give me a third if I'm missing it about the UFO story. Number one, it's some advanced technology the United States doesn't have and some foreign government does, which means we're really screwed. Or number two, it's alien technology and we're really screwed more, like a lot more. Is there like another level of screwed, screwdier? We're like really screwed. A couple people sent me option three, though, which was fascinating. I got that. I know, I know I say it a lot. Loaded show. No, today's show is really loaded. The Secret Service book out today, a lot of weird stuff in there. And we found the first Republicans pouncing on Republicans pouncing story. <laughs> we'll pounce on that. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Don't let big tech track what you do online. Get a VPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Let's get right to it. Also, um, I will play some video of the communist media pushing for vaccine passports because that's what they want because they're communists. That's what they do. Today's show brought to you by Tommy John. <laughs> this reads hilarious. We're both reading this at the same time. Scrotal distancing? Never heard of it. Have you? If you're struggling to separate the guys, air quotes, from the thighs, it's time for Tommy John's hammock pouch underwear. I wore these yesterday. No joke. These things are money. When you're wearing Tommy John's hammock pouch underwear, you're that much more comfortable. So you could do everything better. That's why Tommy John doesn't have customers. They have fanatics. I was a big Tommy John fan before they were even a sponsor because their underwear the best. The only problem with Tommy John underwear is you're going to wash them and put them at the top of your drawer and never wear any other pair again. One of life's greatest inventions is their hammock pouch. They have dozens of comfort innovations. Once you've tried Tommy John's underwear, you ain't going back. Like an air mesh interior hammock and moisture wicking fabric with four times the stretch of competing brands. They have 13 million pairs sold your little guys across America love Tommy John underwear. Underwear because everything stays in place. No more flopping, sticking, or chafing. It's true. Tommy John underwear is a non-rolling waistband for the perfect fit. The legs never ride up, and you're covered with Tommy John's best pair you ever wear. It's free guaranteed. Right now you get 20% off. 20% off your first order at TommyJohn.com slash Dan. That's 20% off your first order of underwear and loungewear at TommyJohn.com slash Dan. TommyJohn.com slash Dan. See site for details. Paula loves them, too. I just want that on the record. TommyJohn.com slash Dan. Go today. All right, Joe, let's go. All right. All right. There you go. Joe's excited. <laughs> Joe's excited today. <laughs> okay, before I get to the UFO story, just a quick note. I want to welcome in a big story yesterday that the social media tyrants tried to cover up a monster YouTube personality who has been super successful on YouTube because his content is really funny. Steven Crowder, Steven Crowder from Louder with Crowder is bringing his content to Rumble. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Steven Crowder. We are honored to have you on Rumble. Huge moment for Rumble as the YouTube tech tyrants continue to attack content creators that actually made them money like Steven Crowder. They're taking them and their content, Steven Crowder, and going over to Rumble. Welcome, Steven Crowder. Happy to have you. All right. Let me get to this UFO story. This stuff's really funny, by the way. Check it out. Are they about to tell us something about this UFO story? No, I mean it. Um, is the government preparing to tell us something by dripping out this story and authorizing people to comment publicly or kind of tacitly authorizing people to comment publicly about these UFOs? Listen, I was, an, I was a government employee. You know where I worked. I... I and it's generally frowned upon for either former employees or current employees of the Secret Service to comment. It just is. It's not illegal, but they just don't like it. I ran for office. You know, I had a comment. But don't you find it weird all these military folks are coming out now and all these videos are leaking out now of all these very strange, unidentified flying objects? They're UFOs. UFOs are real. Are they alien? Nobody knows that. But they are definitely unidentified flying objects. Those are very real. Look at this story by the Daily Wire. This is an amazing story. It'll be in my, my newsletter today. It's a must read. Must read. 
Must, please. Bongino.com slash newsletter. Please subscribe. This is one of them. Daily Wire. Bombshell UFO report. Colon. U.S. military encounters UFOs every day that far exceed its its technology and capabilities. Folks, this sounds like a problem to me. I don't want to relitigate yesterday's show, but I said on yesterday's show, if this is the case, that the U.S. military, according to this bombshell report, is encountering technology it cannot explain every day around military installations and on U.S. soil and U.S. controlled areas, then that's a problem. Because number one, it's technology we don't understand. Or number two, it's some alien technology. I couldn't think of an option three, but someone, someone, a brilliant guy who shall remain nameless, sent me a fantastic email giving me option three. It's kind of like a takeoff of option one, the technology thing, but it was great. He said, Dan, what if we have some technology out there? for spoofing radar and radar-like detection technology, LIDAR and all kinds of stuff. What if we have a technology for spoofing it? Oh, genius. I'll get to more of that in a second. Let's assume, though, for a moment, that this isn't some spoofing technology. I'll explain that. Don't worry. Stand by. I'm sorry, folks, but I'm fascinated by this story. At BonginoReport.com, our conservative alternative to Drudge Report, I told my editor, I go, focus heavy on this UFO story because I find it fascinating. I hope you do too. Tucker Carlson last night finds it fascinating as well. He did a really great opening monologue last night. And let's say option one is that this is some technology, either alien or terrestrial, we don't understand. Doesn't anybody else find it weird that they, this technology, these unidentified flying objects, seem to find our U.S. military institutions, uh, installations, excuse me, fascinating places to hover above? Does anybody else find this concerning? Here's Tucker Carlson on this last night. This is great. UFOs, it turns out, are real. And whatever else they are, They are a prima facie challenge to the U.S. military. They are doing things the U.S. military does not allow, and they're doing it with impunity. And they appear to be focused on the U.S. military. UFOs for decades appear to have clustered around our military installations, our ships and our aircraft, with no real response except more secrecy. At one point, unidentified flying objects apparently shut down a nuclear weapons facility at an Air Force base in the state of Montana. Ten ICBMs in our ballistic missiles, intercontinental ballistic missiles, were temporarily knocked offline. At the same time, base security noticed a glowing red object floating in the sky. It sounds like out of a movie, but it happened. That was decades ago. Many more UFOs have been sighted near our nuclear weapons facilities since around the country. According to journalist George Knapp, quote, all of the nuclear facilities, Los Alamos, Livermore, Sandia, Savannah Hill, all had dramatic incidents with these unknown aircraft appearing over the facilities, and no one knew where they were from or what they were doing there. Again, for decades, this has happened. Apparently, no one knows why. No one seems especially alarmed. Uh, I am. <laughs> Apparently, so is Tucker, too. I don't know. Maybe it's my history or background in the whole security space that makes me say, I think of this kind of like a sane, rational person, so exclude the liberals. We're talking about normal people now, right? If I was on a presidential advance overseas, say I was doing a lead security advance, and I'll bring this up later with the Secret Service, like I did in Afghanistan for President Obama, right? And someone said to me, Dan, we're sitting there at, well, it was probably not a Tracon over there, but Tracons are these facilities where you can monitor radar in the United States. I mean, they probably have one over there, but it's more in wartime mode. But someone's sitting at the Tracon watching the air picture, right? And they come over to the radio, and you're the lead advance agent for the Secret Service. They're like, hey, Dan, uh, you know, pr- President Trump, or at the time it was President Obama, President Obama is about to land in a war zone in Afghanistan, and we have a whole bunch of unidentified flying objects whizzing around over the site. I'd be like, hey, that's a problem. That's, that's a problem. For those regular listeners, you already know my Ford Raptor, Martha's Vineyard Star. I'm not Ford Raptor. <laughs> We're talking about a Freudian. I have a, a Ford Raptor. Uh, my Raptor, the plane, Martha's Vineyard Story. If you haven't heard it, I'll tell it again some other time in the future. Um, but we intercept aerial threats when they're above the president. So if there are aerial threats above our military installations, that would say to me, thinking like a rational person, that this may be the biggest national security threat of our time if we don't know what they are. Again, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to sound like a nut job, okay, please. Um, 
I'm not trying to scare anyone. I'm really, honest to God, just asking questions. It's not a partisan thing. I know my show is very partisan opinionated. Obviously, I'm a conservative. But this is not, this is for sane people. Again, it probably excludes, excludes the liberals. Because if they found out they were Joe Biden aliens, they'd love them. But are unidentified objects buzzing our military installations? Is that not one of the biggest national security threats you've ever heard of that are shutting down ICBM activity, our missiles that defend the nation? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just asking, folks. So there's option one that this is the biggest national security threat of our time. But in fairness, we should entertain all options, right? Never, ever forget Occam's razor. Given all possible explanations for a problem, the problem is what are these UFOs, always accept the one that requires the least amount of assumptions and exhibits parsimony, right? Occam's razor, also known as keep it simple, stupid. Some of you will get the irony there with that long explanation first. I did that on purpose, <laughs> right? Keep it simple. The simplest explanation would be that they're not space aliens, and it may be something over a U.S. military facility. And we're not panicked nationally, at least, at least from public appearances in our military, because it's ours. Possible, right? Honestly, probably likely. That's where this genius who emailed me last night, I mean, it. I'm not, I'm not joking around. This guy was super smart. He sent me a lengthy email and said, Dan, if option one is it's advanced technology we're not aware of, option two is it's alien, what about option three? That it's a spoofing technology that we are slowly leaking out intentionally in a military kind of intelligence op, slowly leaking out to the media in a spoofing operation to scare the hell out of the Chinese who happen to be operating uh, rather aggressively in the South China Sea. How does this all come together? What is spoofing, by the way? It would be convincing Chinese radar that a threat exists or there's an object there that's not there. Ladies and gentlemen, this is genius. Imagine we invented this. Think about the benefits of that technology. You get the Chinese to launch their entire aircraft carrier, their aircrafts and everything, to combat a potential U.S. airstrike that's not happening, and then the airstrike happens somewhere else. Hey, look, squirrel. It would be the greatest trick of all time. It would be a Kaiser Sose level trick. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled when convincing him he doesn't, that, that convincing the world that he didn't exist. It would be the greatest Kaiser Sose of all time. Email dude who emailed me, you're a genius. Is, are we spoofing them? Are these radar pictures fake? Could be. Well, here's one for those of you watching on Rumble and for those of you listening on my radio show, you can hear, I cut the, this was a minute video. Um, I cut it out up until just the audio part. This is video taken from the USS Omaha back in 2019 of, again, a UFO, an unidentified flying object flying over the water that somehow managed to, uh, manages to submerge itself without creating any kind of a splash profile at all. I want you to watch this video and go back and watch yesterday's show also where we played the video of that grainy tic-tac object flying over the water. And I want you to ask yourself as you're watching this, why were all these videos so grainy, number one? And why are they seemingly always over the water? Check this out and listen to the reaction of the people watching this on their uh, radar or thermal system. Check this out. We got some, a lot of white water up there, some six foot swells. Whoa, it's getting close. Yeah, we have a uh, 31 knot sustained wind, top side, gust of 40. What was splashed? Splashed. Mark bearing a range. Just disappears into the water with a splash profile nowhere near resembling what it should have for an object of that mass to enter the water while it hovers above the water. Is that real? You notice, ladies and gentlemen, all this stuff is really grainy. It's amazing in an era of HD cameras 
where we can land a Mars rover on Mars and get HD quality photos that look like they're taken from one of those pictures you get in a frame when you walk in the frame store. You're like, wow, that's a great picture of that family, right? I wish mine looked like that. We have cameras that can do that in a frame store, but we can't seem to get an honest picture of one of these UFOs. And it begs the question from genius email guy who said to me, is this our technology? Are these objects real or are these objects spoofed? Are we developing a technology to fake a radar picture? And as Mr. Genius Email Dude said to me, Dan, you notice a lot of these are over water where it's a, quote, flat, featureless water surface, making it far easier to spoof either, you know, a thermal or a, or a radar picture? I don't know. I am not an expert in radar or thermals. But the guy who emailed me seemed pretty bright on this stuff. And he said, don't you find it awfully odd that if we were looking at the spoof radar and, 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 uh, and confuse our enemies over water to make them believe things exist on their radar picture over water that aren't there, doesn't that seem to correspond with China's threats over the uh, Formosa Strait and in the South China Sea towards Taiwan? Wouldn't it be really great to convince them that a U.S. armada was about to attack when there was, in fact, no U.S. armada? Hey, all your assets go there. We go here, dipsy doo, flipperoo. Option three, folks, which again is kind of option one B. It's either an advanced technology we don't have, an alien technology, or an advanced technology we do have for spoofing or some other flight technology we're just not telling people about. Good point. One more thing, as a genius email guy brings up in the email. Superior technology will defeat numbers just about every time. Um, just ask the Aztecs. Oh, you can't. That's right. Didn't work out well for them. Superior technology works every time and can be often confused with magic, as has been said repeatedly. There's no magic. There certainly is technology. Um, okay, let me get to my second sponsor because I want to roll through a number of great stories, including some stunning video out of the Capitol, which is really going to give... The people going after the narrative that this was a major insurrection January 6th. Uh, Going to give them some headaches. And a hat tip to Julie Kelly, who has done some actual reporting on this. And we're going to talk about this in a sober, non-insane fashion, unlike the left that refuses to do that. Sober. Sober, folks. We need to be reasonable people now. The left doesn't want to do that. Today's show brought to you by Bowl and Branch. Ladies and gentlemen, little things we do add up to the legacy we leave behind. Bowling Branch was started by a husband and wife team that wanted to create a textile company that cared about the details that would make their products less. They wanted you to feel the difference in their signature sheets. I have these Bowling Branch sheets. Honestly, I, I, listen, I'm not going to mess with you. I was not a big sheet guy before. Now they've created a problem for me because the sheets are so darn comfortable. They are. That now you don't want to sleep anywhere else. So when you go to a hotel or someone else's house, you're like, Okay, I need to go back to the bowl and branch sheets. They are. They're that good. Experience uncompromising comfort with the best-selling 100% organic cotton signature hem sheets. You know what the nice part is, too? When you wash them, the more you wash them, the softer they get. The softer they get. It's like diving into a cloud. The cloud weight, super soft sateen weave gets softer with every wash, crafted to the highest standards and attention to detail from sourcing to packaging. They have the perfect, perfect balance of weight and breathability, to pamper warm or cool sleepers through any season. Give your bed the White House treatment with sheets that three presidents have fallen in love with and one non-president, me. To experience an entirely new standard of comfort, visit bowlandbranch.com slash Bongino and use code Bongino to get 15% off your first set of sheets. That's bowl, B-O-L-L and branch.com slash Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O. Use promo code Bongino for 15% off your first set of sheets and spoil yourself Again, the only downside, you'll never sleep on another pair of sheets again. I'm not kidding. You will notice the difference right away. All right, we're getting back to the show. Remember, superior technology, ladies and gentlemen, always wins. That's why we want a productive economy so we don't lose a global war, as Tucker said last night, and all have to submit ourselves to the Chinese social surveillance system and communist murderous regime. All right. Hat tip to the work of an actual real reporter, Julie Kelly from American Greatness. This story will be in the newsletter today. Again, Bongino.com slash newsletter. There are some ringers in there today. She has an article out there 
Video shows U.S. Capitol Police gave protesters the okay to enter. Folks, again, I will say this for the thousandth time, to, 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 but probably more, uh, for people who are confused about this. This shouldn't require me saying, but I will have to say it because, again, liberals tend to be morons sometimes. I have and will continue to overtly and aggressively speak out against political violence in this country. Because political violence leads to a downward path where the strong man wins. That's what strength is. Physical strength. It's not a mental battle. It's a physical battle. We don't want to go there. We don't want to go there. Anyone involved physically attacking police officers should absolutely go to jail. And I don't care what flag you're waving. But I find it awfully odd that BLM and Antifa nearly burned down portions of the country. And there's been almost no collective FBI effort whatsoever to rout the leadership of these known terrorist enterprises. And yet on January 6th, we had some bad actors. There's no doubt. But there seems to be this national effort to lock up almost anyone associated with this. And yet as new evidence emerges that some of these people may have genuinely thought that they were in the Capitol legally, everybody in the media seems to ignore it while giving the BLM and Antifa rioters a total pass. If it wasn't for people like Julie Kelly, you'd never know this story. Oh, you need the receipts? You need the evidence? And I'm not apologizing for people who did really stupid stuff and some illegal stuff. But there were a lot of people there who clearly thought they were legally inside the Capitol. Why would they think that? Not because I said so. Just watch this video and watch and listen for yourself. The police here are willing to work with us and cooperate peacefully like our First Amendment allows. Gather more Americans under the condition that they will come and gather peacefully to discuss what needs to be done to save our country. We're going to be heard. Everybody, this must be peaceful. This has to be peaceful. We have the right to peacefully assemble. Folks, I don't know these guys, okay? I wasn't there. I wasn't in the Capitol. I didn't witness it firsthand. I'm simply suggesting to you, as backed up by now evidence, um, who was the hat tip on that, Guy? Remember who the video was from on that? That's all right. It was in the video. RMG News, hat tip to them. You see the video right there. It's clear some people thought they were there because it was like they're talking to the police officers. Are we not allowed to talk about this? Because I, I talk about whatever I want, and I talk about the truth. The truth matters. But yet anyone anywhere near the Capitol should be, what, locked up? Let me just say one thing. Having been a federal agent and been involved in federal cases, you are going to get legally destroyed in court. If you try to prosecute people for trespassing, many of whom either were told or it was implied that they were there to peacefully protest and it was okay, you're going to get wrecked in court. But I can tell you that Antifa and BLM that broke into people's businesses and burned them down were not there, authorized. But again, you've seen almost nothing done to collectively act against them because the FBI is too occupied with Rudy Giuliani, John Solomon, and January 6th people who entered in, uh, in, in the Capitol. Good work by Julie Kelly, who has been all over this story. And I'm sorry for not bringing a lot of it to you sooner. I just really is a lot going on. I, I promise it's not any effort on my part. To, it's really just so much going on. This video, and she deserves, you should look up all her articles on this. I'll try to get to it more as these cases start to make their way through court. All right, here is our first, you know Republicans Pound story? This is the first. Hat tip to our emailer, Ben. He knows who he is. He sent, he, I couldn't open his link yesterday. It was, he sent me like a weirdo link. But I found the story he was talking about. You know the Republicans Pound story? You've all seen it. It's an evergreen topic on my show. Whenever Democrats screw something up, of course, the media doesn't want to talk about Democrats screwing anything up because they're Democrats. So they make the story about Republicans' reaction to the Democrats' screw-up. It's always some 
derivative of Republicans pounce, Republicans seize, Republicans grasp. Every And then you hear the Democrat story. Biden will screw up. It'll say Republicans pounce on Biden's screw up. It's not about Biden's screw up. It's about the Republican reaction. I have never, ever seen a story about Republicans seizing on Republicans pouncing or Republicans pouncing on Republicans seizing. We have our first, the first entrant in the Republicans pounce on Republicans pouncing story. And here it is from the Hill, Julia Manchester. Nice job. Julie, first one. First one. Someone was going to break the streak. I told Guy the next step is a Republicans pouncing on the Republicans who seized on Republicans pouncing story. Third level pouncing. Here's the headline at the Hill. Again, I'll put this in the newsletter. Republicans seize on conservative backlash against critical race theory. (laughs) Republicans pounce on Republicans seizing. We have to add one more level, Julia. If you could do another story on Republicans pouncing on the Republicans who seized, on the conservatives who pounced, then we'd be at the trifecta, not the deuce. We'd be at the trifecta of Republicans pouncing. I don't think you could do the quadrifecta. A Republican seize on Republicans pouncing who seize on pouncing, that would be a little weird. But I think the trifecta, you can still get there. You could still, maybe a follow-up tomorrow. Julia, I got an idea. Gee, what do you think of this? Maybe a story, I'm a conservative, Dan Bongino seizes on my Republican seizing on Republicans pouncing story. If you write that, I will th- I get a thumbs up. Joe, thumbs up. Would that be great? What do you guys think? Is this yeah, good? Man. Two out of three ain't bad. Meatloaf style. Julia, if you write that story, you have my word. Send it to me. DM it. Do whatever you got to do. Email. I will run that story on my show. Dan Bongino seizes on Republican seizing on Republican pouncing. I promise you, you have my word. Keep your eye out for that Julia stuff. If that comes out, we're on that. All right, a couple quick before I get to some other stuff. Listen, please stay tuned. I'm not trying to tease this stuff at the end to be, like, ridiculous about, you know, I hate that. Hey, wait till the end of the show. But I've got some these Secret Service stories coming out now. Big, big controversy about the Secret Service, given this new book. I'm going to get to that. But there is a lot of news. So this one I got to get to. Washington Examiner, again, another story in the newsletter. Folks, for you pro-lifers out there, it includes me. I believe in life uh, from conception to natural death. I always believed as a Republican very seriously that you can fight about taxes and school choice all you want, but if you're not alive to fight about it because you've been aborted or terminated, it's not really much of an argument now, is it? I am proudly pro-life. And this article of the Washington Examiner is a, an explosive story that really was ignored by a lot of the mainstream media yesterday because they, you know, they're going to, they, they don't want you to know this is coming. Supreme Court to hear a challenge to Roe v. Wade. I shouldn't say some people reported on it yesterday. I don't want to be unfair. You know, it's strange because Mississippi has a law uh, that's very reasonable and so kind of a viability, it's a 15-week law. They basically ban abortions. This is going to go to the Supreme Court. If we win this case and the Mississippi law is upheld, I wanted to characterize it right there. I screwed it up a little bit in the beginning. It's going to be a groundbreaking, groundbreaking case for pro-life advocates around the country. And I bring it up in relationship to the next story, the mask story, for a reason. One of the things I like to do on the show is tie narratives together so that things start to make sense. The left has never believed in the Constitution. This is obvious. They only believe the Constitution matters when the Constitution will back up some of their perverse ideas like abortion. So, ladies and gentlemen, abortion is never mentioned anywhere in the Constitution. Obviously, nowhere. There's no copy of it, no Constitution app, no pocket Constitution, not the full-length Constitution where the word abortion is ever mentioned. But leftists on the court have somehow found the right to abortion in the Constitution. That does, it just doesn't exist. I'm sorry, folks, fact checkers. That's a fact. The word abortion is nowhere in the Constitution. Leftists made it up. So what's kind of weird is how they try to create new rights, air quotes rights, to abortion that don't exist, while pushing against actual rights like the right to assemble in the Constitution that do exist which they fight every day with their mask mandates. You guys can't go out without masks and assemble. Where's that in the Constitution? Who told you you can do that? But nobody questions it because liberals don't believe in the Constitution. 
The mask mandate is a direct assault on the big R God-given right enshrined in the Constitution to assemble, is it not? You're not allowed to leave your house and do things without a mask. Are you, so you're violating my constitutional rights. Yes, but we're doing it in the name of science. You are? Where's that in the Constitution? I don't see that either. No one says to you, like, I don't need to get a search warrant to search your house because of the coronavirus pandemic. Well, I shouldn't say that. Leftists will say that's actually happening now. Forgive me. Let me I heard it's happening in certain parts of, of, of other countries that have constitutional limits against it. You already seen some of it in, uh, in Canada, too. They create rights out of thin air. And then when real rights are involved, they crap all over them. Look at this video here. This is the communist media pushing for vaccine passports. Folks, I'm tired of these guys. Here's what they're doing now. Pay attention to the end where the lady, again, who, whether she's vaccinated or not, seems super concerned about what other people are doing with their masks. If you are vaccinated and you believe the vaccine works, if that's you in my listening audience, I'm pointing at you right now, why do you care if the other person is wearing a mask? I've asked this now three shows in a row. Here's the media. You'll see hat tip newsbusters. I'll have the piece up again in the newsletter today. You can read that there. Here is a clip from, what is it, Good Morning America, pushing quietly for vaccine passports because how would we know if the other person's vaccinated? Why does it matter? Check this out. The CDC's new guidance saying the well over 100 million fully vaccinated Americans can stay maskless indoors and outdoors in almost any setting. But the change now forces businesses to make tough decisions as to who they'll allow to be maskless. Even though the government says turn the switch and, and OK, no masks, a lot of customers are still apprehensive about it. And our team members are, too. Many likely relying on the honor system. That's going to be the issue, is if people are walking around without a mask, how do you know that, that they're vaccinated? Some states might try to provide an answer. Oregon may soon require businesses to verify a customer's vaccination status before allowing them to go maskless. This could include seeing their vaccination card, a picture of their vaccination card, and checking that they truly have been fully vaccinated. Other states are working to avoid that. At least nine already banning so-called vaccine passports, with nine other governors and state officials saying they oppose them as well. But more than 200 million people are not yet fully vaccinated, and healthcare workers are continuing their push to administer more shots. Folks, listen, I, I, again, I, we're going to do science, and I know this is tough for people on the left. If Some people believe uh, vaccines. Some people don't like the risk of vaccines. The, again, you do you. I'm not here to preach to you about anything. You're responsible adults who can make your own decisions. But let me ask you a simple question, and let's remove, because Donald Trump was in office when the coronavirus outbreak hit, so it's become politicized instantaneously. Let's go back to a virus um, that, did, that doesn't have any political overtones to it right now. Polio. Why don't we demand vaccine passports for polio? Far more dangerous than the coronavirus, right? Could lead to paralysis, death. Why? Why are people, there are communities, certain religious communities that don't do vaccines. Some of them won't even do the polio vaccine. Why, when you're walking into neighborhoods where some of these people from various religious sects that, uh, sects that don't do them, why aren't you freaking out and demanding a vaccine passport for everyone? Why? I'll wait. Anyone? 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 Well, the answer is because you're vaccinated, many of you, most of you against polio. And you're like, whether he has it or not, doesn't matter because I can't get it. Right? I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm really just asking you, does that make sense? Why does nobody do that? Why is nobody freaked out about polio anymore, knowing there are people in the United States who've not been vaccinated against polio? Not a lot, but there are people. Because you're vaccinated. So ask yourself now. If the media believes in vaccines and the CDC believes the coronavirus vaccine is very effective, their line, not mine, their line. If it's very effective and you're vaccinated and almost bulletproof against it, probability wise. Why is the media still pushing this fear agenda about, well, how do we know? How do we know? Is it the honor system? How do we know? Why are they pushing fear? Because they want a vaccine passport. 
And the only way to get the public to give up the freedom to assemble, big R, God-given right, inside a location without some uh, measure of government control, a vaccine passport, is to keep them scared that that passport and that government control mechanism is the only way to keep them safe because we can't trust the honor system. If you can't trust the honor system, that means you don't trust the vaccine. But they don't want to tell you that. Do you get what I'm saying? Is this making sense? They have to keep you scared, even if you've been vaccinated, that you are at high risk. They have to keep the show and the delusion going that this vaccine, it may not be enough. You may still need the mask, even though, on the other hand, they're telling you it's enough because they want to control you. And the best way to control you, liberals are always about government control, is to mandate you do things and soften you up later for other mandates. And the best way to start is to mandate a vaccine and and, and, and not allow you to travel without that vaccine passport they told you to get because they want to control you. You don't believe me this is all a show? Listen to Fauci admit it right here. Here's Dr. Fauci admitting it on tape that him wearing a mask is all an act. Check this out. How has it changed what you do? How has it changed your mask wearing practices? Well, you know, George, I'm obviously careful because, I mean, I'm a physician and a healthcare provider. I am now much more comfortable in, in people seeing me indoors without a mask. I mean... Before the CDC made the recommendation change, I didn't want to look like I was giving mixed signals. But being a fully vaccinated person, the chances of my getting infected in an indoor setting is extremely low. And that's the reason why in indoor settings now, I feel comfortable about not wearing a mask because I'm fully man, I'm fully vaccinated. He, did he not just admit that the chances of him contracting this virus being vaccinated are extremely low? And yet he admits he's worried about the looks of it. He's worried about his words, what it looks like. On a very serious note, ladies and gentlemen, I learned a lot about leadership from great leaders, really great leaders. Leaders don't act. Leaders do. Leaders aren't Hollywood types. Leaders do, and they take on risks. Fauci's not a leader. He knew the risk was low, and he wore it anyway because he was concerned about what it looks like. They need you scared all the time. Trust the science once in a while, despite what leftists tell you. All right, let me get to my third sponsor. When we come back on the other side of this, I really want to talk about this huge controversy brewing over the uh, Secret Service and hopefully get to this really, really amazing piece by Technofog about the White House being involved in what I think was a huge setup of Mike Flynn. Today's show brought to you by LifeLock. Cyber criminals target job seekers looking for new employment with what? Fake job postings. They're designed to trick these people into revealing their personal information and their social security number. With this information, cyber criminals can access your credit cards, bank accounts, and even open a loan in your name. Be sure to carefully research job postings and protect your information from fraudulent job postings. It's important to understand our cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. Every day, we put our information at risk on the Internet. In an instant, a cybercriminal could harm what's yours, your finances, your credit, your reputation. They did it to me. They stole my identity. It really was terrible. It took me a year to clean it up. There's LifeLock for you now. LifeLock helps detect a wide range of identity threats. I use them, use them for a long time, like threats to your Social Security number for sale on the dark web. If they detect your information has been compromised or potentially compromised, they'll send you an alert. You have access to a dedicated restoration specialist if you become a victim. I get the texts. I get voicemails every time uh, my credit's checked and it's somewhat suspicious. They call me. I call Paul. Is that legit? Yeah, it's legit, and I feel good about it. I have it for my kids, too. Listen, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but you can keep what's yours, yours, with LifeLock Identity Theft Protection. Join now. Save up to 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com slash Bongino. That's LifeLock.com slash Bongino lifelock.com slash Bongino. Get 25% off. Get the protection for you, your family, mother-in-law, mother, father, kids, everyone. It's priceless. Lifelock.com slash Bongino. Okay. Big, big controversy brewing over the Secret Service, folks. Uh, Carol Lenning, who's a reporter from the Washington Post, who I have some background with, I've appeared on shows with her before, has done some reporting on the Secret Service. Um, and she has a new book out called Zero Fail. And the great irony of the title of the book is, is there's a lot of pot shots at the Secret Service in the book where I worked for a long time. 
um, which is fine. I mean, it's a government entity open to scrutiny like anyone else. Not only fine, we should be doing. We should be scrutinizing everyone, FBI, Secret Service, DEA. Uh, but what I find ironic is it appears, and I haven't read the book yet. I'm, I'm hoping to get it today. I will check it out. But I've heard people who, I know people who've seen it and have given me kind of a heads up on it. She calls it zero fail, and it's kind of a shot at the Secret Service, although the Secret Service's fail rate of losing protectees is actually pretty phenomenal given what they do. What do I mean? Well, here's Rachel Maddow, Moscow Maddow, who doesn't have a scintilla of courage or dignity, um, wouldn't make it two seconds into the Secret Service without crying, asking for mommy, and calling out trigger warnings. I'm triggered. I'm triggered because Rachel Maddow doesn't have any courage. Here's Rachel Maddow last night. She's introducing Carol Letty, the author of this Secret Service book, Zero Fail, um, into the segment. And she uh, wants to just knock the Secret Service and say how they're such a failed agency. This is from the lunatic nut job, Moscow Maddow, Russia Rach, Russia Rachel, who pumped the peepee hoax up your collective cabooses for three years, despite being humiliated on the Trump tax story and the collusion story. She wants to knock the Secret Service that actually hasn't promoted any hoaxes over the last few years like she has. Check this out. I am struck by a, a gnawing fear that this agency, for all sorts of interesting and explicable reasons, isn't that good. Um, at what they do, that they're kind of a hot mess. And it makes me fearful for the current administration. I have to ask if if that's where you have also landed overall uh, in taking this deep look at this agency. Yes, I fear that what the reason, the compulsion to write this book was because, you know, I landed in this beat by accident. Now, Carol goes on to say some good and bad things about the secret. So I don't have any personal beef with her. I, I thought a couple of her stories were poorly sourced, but that's, that's you know, it happens sometimes, whatever. But Rachel Maddow, you imagine the nerve on this, this, I got to be careful here because imagine the nerve on this woman, a discredited collusion hoaxer who for three years lied to the country promoting a collusion fairy tale between Donald Trump and the Russians that didn't exist. This disgraced human being who's educated but stupid at the same time going on the air to say that an agency that despite thousands upon tens of thousands of serious credible threats they get every single year has not lost the protectee in decades. This coward is knocking the Secret Service? This coward. Folks, I'm not suggesting it shouldn't be scrutinized, the Secret Service, and it doesn't have problems. Matter of fact, I wrote a book on it myself. You'll see it right there. Called Protecting the President by a guy you know named Dan Bongino. It's not a book I wrote for money. I don't even think I got an advance on it, if I, if I got anything. If I did, it was tiny. I wrote the book because I cared about the problems in the Secret Service and fixing them. You want to see what's really wrong with the Secret Service? Somebody who actually lived there and worked it for over a decade of my life? Read that book, Protecting the President, by me. You see the cover there. I'm not suggesting to you that we shouldn't, as a government, as taxpayers look at government agencies, scrutinize them, and fix their problems. But questioning their, their, their courage, the overwhelming number of agents I met there who put their butts on the line every day for a president of either party, when you're Rachel Maddow? Some of the problems I cover in my book, I don't know if Carol does in hers. She addresses it in some of the press releases, so I'm assuming it's true. And one of the big problems with the Secret Service, which she's not wrong on, is they have too much on their plate. I say it in my book, she apparently says it in hers. You know when I knew? You know when I knew the Secret Service was taking on too much? I don't know when it was, 2001. I was a young agent at the time. I'll never forget reading an email. We had Netscape at the time. Remember Netscape? And I was reading an email. The email system was so unsophisticated back then. It probably wasn't even that secure. Nobody knew what was going on with email back then. Uh, and I got an email saying that the Secret Service was being solicited to secure the NBA finals because we had secured the Olympics and we were responsible for uh, national security designated events. So what happened, folks? 
But what happened was private entities like the NBA figured out, wait, wait, wait. If we can get a national security designation from the government, we don't have to pay for security and the Secret Service will do it, saving us millions. This is awesome. That's when I knew we had jumped the shark. We were securing the Olympics. We were doing these national security events with almost no tie to the president or our protectees at all. We used to protect the president. Now we're protecting the Olympics. I sat in a car at the Olympics with an agent named Mario overnight on midnights for three weeks, freezing my butt off outside of the Olympic Village in Utah, wondering, what the hell am I doing here? She's not wrong, Lenny. I write about it in my book. They take on too much. But folks, there are a lot of heroes there. It's not hyperbole. I'm not lionizing these, uh, these guys and women for no reason. You know, I, I think about the time when I, I did the advance in Afghanistan for President Obama in an active war zone. I was the lead advance there. I'll never forget the military guys saying to us, hey, listen, Air Force One's going to have to take off with the runway lights off. I'm like, can we even do that? They were like, yeah, the pilot can do it. I said, well, why? They said because uh, the enemy fighters in the mountains, we were at Bagram Air Base, that the enemy fighters in the mountain launch IDF, indirect fire, mortar-type device, onto the airfield. And if they see it's Air Force One with the lights on, they may actually hit it. And I was like, holy crap, like this is real. There were a little, if you've ever been to Bagram, there were a little uh, concrete-like carve-outs. And I remember asking the guy in the bay, what's that for? He's oh, in case you get in a warning about IDF, like indirect fire coming out of the base, you just jump under the concrete thing so you're safe. Who lives like that? The answer is our military and people like Secret Service agents who are there protecting the guy. Our military lives there full time. They, believe me, I put them a level above everyone. No, not even a close second. But that's the kind of stuff they do. Agents do that kind of stuff every day. They have to figure out ways to get Air Force One away from potential mortar fire so they don't die in the air on the way out. But don't worry. Russia Rachel said they didn't have it. They were a failed agency. Russia Rach. I've got another video on the other side of this from the segment, which is kind of disgraceful, where Rachel Maddow engages in a disgusting political attack on a guy who's far more courageous than uh, she'll ever be. Um, but of course, because she's Rachel, Russia Rachel, she just doesn't really care. Um, today's show, our last sponsor brought to you by our friends at Patriot Mobile. What's better than 50% off your first two months with Patriot Mobile? Try winning cellular service for life. That's right. When you go to patriotmobile.com slash Dan, learn how you can get 50% off your first two months of service and enter to win cellular service for life plus a free Patriot starter kit when you join America's only Christian conservative mobile phone company. Patriot Mobile has the broadest nationwide coverage and it uses the same towers as all the major carriers. So you get the same great service. Plus, they have plans to fit any budget, including multi-line discounts. Most importantly, Patriot Mobile shares your values and doesn't donate any of your money to support leftists or the causes tearing our country to pieces. Switching's easy. Just go to patriotmobile.com slash Dan or call their U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. Veterans and first responders, you save even more. So make the switch today. Get the discount and a chance to win cellular service for life with the offer code DAN. That's patriotmobile.com slash Dan, patriotmobile.com slash Dan, or call 972-PATRIOT. Thanks, Patriot Mobile. All right, so here's the second part of this interview uh, where Rachel, it's not the interview, this is actually her monologue on the topic, where she takes a pot shot at a guy I know well. I'm only naming him because he's named in the segment, a guy by the name of Tony Ornato, who was a friend of mine who I worked with in the New York field office and worked with on the president's detail and everywhere else. Uh, but she takes a shot at Tony Ornato. Just a little backstory before you hear this. Tony Ornato was a Secret Service agent. He was a manager. Um, he was the president, President Trump's detail leader, meaning he was the boss on the president's detail. Pretty simple, right? He was the SAC, special agent in charge. Well, Tony was then taken from that position in the Secret Service and moved into a kind of deputy chief of staff position in the White House. Well, Rachel Maddow, of course, has to find the conspiracy there. Remember, she was the pee, -pee hoaxer, the original pee, pee hoaxer. Why she was in love with the pee, -pee hoax, I don't know. Kind of weird, right? Um, but here she is attacking Tony Ornato, trying to take a shot at what was a brilliant move and should be replicated by Biden, moving one of these agents into the White House for liaison purposes. Check this out. One of the things that Carol Lennig writes about in this book is the agent from President Trump's protective detail. That President Trump moved into the White House. 
took him off his personal protective detail and named him deputy White House chief of staff. Whereupon he became effectively a Trump re-election official. His job as Trump's deputy chief of staff inside the White House was to organize Trump rallies all over the country, including the ones all during the COVID pandemic, where 300 circus Secret Service agents ended up getting infected with COVID. That guy was on the president's protective detail. President Trump liked him so much and recognized him as such a political loyalist, he moved him into a political job in the White House. Carol Lenig in Zero Fail reports that after the Secret Service essentially detailed him to the White House to become a political Trump staffer organizing Trump political rallies. Then afterwards, they moved him back into the Secret Service where he's assistant director. You want to see what a loser Rachel Maddow is? That agent she's talking about, his name is Tony Ornato, was promoted twice within the Secret Service. Where? Under what president? Oh, yeah, Barack Obama. Where they thought so highly of him, they promoted him. What a partisan operative he is. Oh, my gosh. Tar and feather him tomorrow. The Obama White House loved him. The Obama White House was around when he was promoted twice in the Secret Service. And yet he's a big partisan operative. Or maybe he was moved in the White House for a common sense reason that Joe Biden should replicate liaison purposes. But because Rachel Maddow is a moron and doesn't actually know anything, she's a pee-pee hoaxer and an idiot. She's one of the smart, stupid people we always talk about. She's got a bunch of degrees, but she's dumber than a box of rocks. What she doesn't understand is the Secret Service has had a problem for decades. I was there with liaison with the White House, always. There's always some know-it-all staffer in the White House who doesn't understand the first thing about security, who tries to screw up a presidential visit because they have political concerns, and the screw-up will get the president killed. So everybody thought it'd be a good idea to put a Secret Service agent in the White House so there'd be a liaison between the staff and them. It was genius. But because pee-pee taper Moscow Maddow has to find a hoax in everything, she's like, this guy's a partisan operative. He was promoted under Obama, you dipwad. What a dunce. How stupid can you be? You numbskull. Maybe a story will help you, Rachel, because I was actually there, unlike you, you dunce. So when I did the advance in Indonesia for Barack Obama, It was dangerous. Indonesia can be a terror hot zone, right? It was a dangerous trip. The staffers wanted Obama and the Indonesian government wanted Obama to visit this Indonesian cemetery. Kind of like their Arlington, right? A military cemetery. A lot of foreign leaders who go to Indonesia go there. Not going to say the name, but if you live in Indonesia, you know what I'm talking about. What was the problem, folks? Obama would have been outdoor exposed with high ground all around for like a half an hour. It would have been a sniper's dream. I was the lead. I said, listen, I don't want to do it. The problem is the staff makes that decision. We don't. That's a common misconception. Oh, the Secret Service tells the president where to go. Wrong. The staff does. We have to secure it no matter what. But having a staffer who knows what they're talking about on that trip is really helpful. Because you can whisper in their ear, hey, there's a pretty good chance the president's going to get whacked if he does this. The staffer on that trip, one of them, was a dunce. The other one was really smart. So I went to the other one and said, listen, this is a really stupid idea. She was smart. She agreed. She was like, this is dumb. We're not doing it. Thank you. That's what liaison does. I'll tell you one more quick story. Certain protectee, I was in South America. She thought it would be a good idea to go to the tri-border area in South America. You know what the tri-border area is? Any of you intel experts, you know, it's ringing a bell right now. It's like the terrorist Hamptons. It's a tri-border region of three countries in South America where all the terrorists go. To, like, hang out and mix and mingle and kill people and stuff. <laughs> it's protecting. He wanted to go there. So we got a couple local spec ops guys when I was in this foreign country and said, hey, can we do this? They said, no, only if you want to get killed. So I said, we're not going to do this. So we called the White House. And we got the deputy chief of staff, who wasn't a Secret Service agent at the time on the phone, and thankfully he understood. And he called President uh, so-and-so himself and said, You better tell your kid that this is a really dumb idea. And it went away. She hated us for it for a while, but it went away. That's the benefit of having someone from the Secret Service inside the White House to say to the staff, that's a really bad idea. But Russia Rachel doesn't know that. 
because she's a Rhodes Scholar or something. She's very courageous. Long history of service to the country and the Secret Service, CIA, and elsewhere. Just kidding. She's a pee-pee hoaxer. All right, moving on. I'll check out the book, though, and I'll, you know, she does bring up some problems, so, but please, if you're interested, again, I'm not trying to hawk a book, whatever, the book's been out forever. I don't even know if I get any royalties from it anymore, so it doesn't even matter. Go get it from the library, but Protecting the President by me is a, is a very detailed analysis of what's actually wrong with the Secret Service. Okay, I'm glad we're finishing on this. I really wanted to start with it, and if I don't cover this in a satisfactory fashion, I'm going to do it again tomorrow because it's that important of a story. There's an explosive new piece by our friend Technofog. If you're not on his Substack, you're making a big mistake. Go to Substack where people get to write free of uh, speech suppression and just look up Technofog, T-E-C-H-N-O Fog. He's one of the best. I don't even know if it's a he or she. Honestly, I don't know the person, but let's just say it's a he. He's one of the best writers on Spygate and government scandals that I've ever seen. I don't know if he's a lawyer, but he's a genius. He has an explosive new piece out. It'll be in my newsletter today. You can link to it and subscribe right there. Again, bungino.com slash newsletter. Called, headline, on the January 2017 felony leaks. DNI suspicions. Was he Obama White House or SCCI Democrat? Let me give you the bottom line up front. Remember the Mike Flynn story? You're all familiar with the story. Lieutenant General Mike Flynn, incoming Trump National Security Advisor, He's only, uh, Trump's in office just a few days. Flynn gets fired for this conversation with the Russian ambassador. The FBI accuses him of violating the Logan Act, where you can't talk to foreign officials, all this other crap outside of certain conditions. Turns out Flynn was clearly framed. The Logan Act's not real. The conversation with the Russian ambassador was totally appropriate. The FBI basically framed him. Well, look at this little email. Who was behind the framing of Lieutenant General Michael Flynn. Look at what Techno got a hold of. This is an email from a guy named Brian Hale. The date's critical here. The date is Friday, January 6, 2017, which is a day after January 5th. It's a day after, obviously. A story appears by Adam Entios and others indicating that Trump may have colluded with the Russians and the people in the Trump orbit may have been under Russian influence. So Brian Hale, who at the time is... And Obama, the last few days of their administration, deputy, uh, Nash, uh, excuse me, um, director of national intelligence employee in the DNI, Brian Hale's emailing people who are curious about how this reporter got a hold of this story about Russian influence with Flynn and others. Hale says, quote, you can see this on the screen here, hat tip techno. For these reporters, my bet is either the White House or SCCI Dem source on the Hill. Oh! Dude, dude, dude. So Obama insiders are now suggesting that the White House may have leaked the story that framed Mike Flynn. Folks, we haven't, we've, listen, we've all suspected this, obviously. But now we have insiders at the head, the DNI, the DNI's office, saying, yes, the White House may have been responsible for this. Now, why is this important? Because if you scroll down further in the techno piece, you'll see that just recently the Washington Post wrote an article, and you'll see at the end of the article he cites in the piece that John Durham and the investigators looking into this felony leak about Mike Flynn's conversation with the Russian ambassador. It was a felony. It was confidential information. It was leaked to reporters. Everybody tracking? If we know the leak was a felony, and we do know that now, then how is it that the Washington Post recently reported that John Durham, who's looking into this felony leak, concluded ultimately that there was no wrongdoing? Techno says, this is a curious article from the Washington Post. How could there be no wrongdoing if the leak is a felony? Here's the question. Could it be that the leak was authorized? Or did not disclosures come from the Obama White House officials? Why is this important, folks? It's important because maybe the reason John Durham, who's investigating this felony leak, found that there may not have been a felony by the leaker was because the leaker may have been ordered to leak it. 
Did Obama and his White House officials order someone in the intelligence community to leak to the paper the contents of a classified call between Mike Flynn and the Russian ambassador? That would put Obama and Obama's White House square in the middle of the biggest frame job in the history of the United States government. But there's another option if it wasn't Obama. What about option two? Remember this story about James Wolfe? Notice that email, right, from Brian Hale, the one you saw in the techno piece, says it's probably either the White House or the SSCI Dems. That's the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence. You remember the staffer that was arrested and prosecuted for leaks to a reporter? Remember the staffer, James Wolfe? Well, he was on the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence. And you know what was really weird? When the staffer on the SSCI, who was answering to some Democrats on that committee too, was arrested and prosecuted, a bunch of Democrat senators specifically, and and even I think a Republican, all of a sudden came to his defense. Look at this article by Politico, Josh Gerstein. Senators seek leniency for former aid. Oh, why would that be? Did those U.S. senators authorize the leak to the media of Mike Flynn's call and realize that if James Wolfe was prosecuted harshly and not leniently, that James Wolfe might start talking and that James Wolfe might start telling people who told him to allegedly leak that information to the reporter? Who set up Mike Flynn? We have our two suspects now. Maybe both. Maybe Obama, his White House, and the Senate Democrats, and some rhino Republicans. The story's not done yet. I'll get to more of it tomorrow because it's important. It relates to this Fusion GPS story. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. A couple quick asks. Again, I'm sorry you, I, you don't owe me anything, but I'm just a humble request. Um, please, if you wouldn't mind, set your DVRs now for June 5th, if you can. I'm not sure if it scrolls out that far. Saturday nights, 10 p.m., I, I really need you. I really do. You're, you're the best audience in the business. But, you know, Fox has taken a, a chance with me, giving me a show. And, uh, you know, I've been happy to take another chance with them to do the show on their network. I could do it anywhere. But Saturday nights, 10 o'clock Eastern time, 10 p.m. Eastern time, starting June 5th, June 5th, I'll be hosting the uh, new Dan Bongino show on Fox. I would really, really, uh, I'm asking that you just check it out. I promise you'll, you'll be very happy with the content. So please check that out and also subscribe to my Rumble channel, rumble.com slash Bongino. Thanks, folks. I'll see you tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.